I ain't never been the loudest in the room The higher the volume, the more imminent the doom Don't play yourself, kid, play the system The US government, the largest walking contradiction Listen, if you wanna see impossible, then look at me My DNA is cut exquisitely from the best of sheets If I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm ten toes solid On the same soil that my grandfather's was walking Know your history Tatsa Pine Lautiwa Welcome, friend, to Quantum Theory a podcast solely focused on amplifying black and indigenous voices. And that's facts. And that's true. And that's facts. Let's go get them. Here we are on another episode. I'm very excited for this one. What's up, Kellen? Yo, nothing much. Nothing much. Ew, listen to my voice. That's okay. Uh, well, okay, that's what's up. If uh, yeah, we'll just start right into it. Yeah, I haven't been feeling the best. Oh uh, no. I okay, I feel good. However, I've been around a lot of people that have been kind of sick in the last like five to seven days, mm. uh, especially within like the last three days. And I don't know. At a certain point, I was just kind of like, I feel like something's going to happen. You know, like you can yeah. only be around people so much until mm-hmm. something happens. Uh, and I mean, so, I yeah. can just only be around people so much. That's just <laughs> <laughs> period. Like, period. statement right there. That's an independent clause. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I woke up the other day, well, just yesterday, and I was like, oh, I'm feeling it. And then today, um, I, I feel it the most out of anything. So I don't like have a fever or anything, um, but just like kind of congested in my throat. It's like kind of sore. So I'm drinking a lot of hot tea Mm. uh, with my honey. I have actually some Theraflu right here. Basically just hot tea with like a little bit of like symptom medicine. Yeah. Uh, And uh, this is my first time hearing my voice really today. Uh, I didn't expect it to sound so (laughs) ugly. Uh, Hey, it's what it's given today. So, you know, I'm just going to embrace her and and, and let it be. It's really not as bad as you think it is. <laughs> you sound you sound pretty good. I, I I don't I barely notice any of change. Um, yeah, but like dang, I feel bad that thing. you were feeling a feeling a little sick, just a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's the crazy thing is like it's I like I feel like a sore throat and like I said, kind of like congestion-y, especially when I'm laying down. Mm-hmm. Like when I lay down and like sit up, I can feel the fluids in my head like shifting. Oh, geez. You know that that feeling. So I'm like, okay, definitely there's something there. However, like I don't feel like run down, tired, raggedy. Oh, good. Uh, so it's not like severe. And even like with the sore throat feeling, like I don't like have an extensive cough or anything, you know? Oh, so good. It's just, yeah. Like, it's mild. Uh, yeah. I do know that I'm not at like my 100%. Yeah. And that's just annoying when you do have a draggy cough or just even just the throat to where it's like, okay, if I'm not full on sick, like this is, it's just a drag at this point. Yes, (laughs) Just a symptom here and a symptom there always holding me back (laughs) for whatever annoying reason. But yeah, I get it. That's okay. You'll bounce back quick. Yeah. Thank you. Luckily, I don't have anything going on uh, for the next week and a half or so. So I can be at home. Nice. Uh, yeah, you know, like I have plenty of work to do here, and I also have plenty of capacity to not do any work and to just rest. Yeah. Uh, also, to make sure that my body's cool. Um, yes. Yeah. Luckily, yeah, there's nothing like on the books that's taking me outside of the house. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can just like be here and recover. Yeah, that's nice. I had to force myself out of the house today <laughs> because <laughs> I have. So I just got back from from Lapway um, last week. 
um, before the, just the start of the weekend basically is when I got back. And so I did nothing the whole weekend. Like I was in the house for like two days straight. And then, um, what did I do? I didn't do anything. Like I was like <laughs> sleeping, like legit just sleeping. And I would bead here and there, but it was nothing like extensive. And so that totally flipped up my schedule. Like I'm completely backwards. Like I told you, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a vampire right now because it's like daytime I'm out and then like nighttime I'm up. So my <laughs> sleeping schedule, like I, I should say this morning, not last night, I went to sleep at 7am <laughs> and I hate when this happens and it doesn't happen all the time, but I think that's the hard part with me anyway, with, you know, not having to be somewhere like you work for yourself. Therefore, you know, you work when you work. Yes. And so when my hours get flipped upside down like this, I hate it. Um, and it's always a drag trying to get it back to normal. But I also realize, like, especially with sleep, like for me anyway, I think I'm definitely someone who suffers with insomnia more okay. than I want to. And yeah. um, I just kind of have to be realistic. I realize I've had to be realistic, just kind of how I work. And, you know, there is no timestamp. So as long as the work gets done and you're disciplined when you get up, that's kind of all that matters. But I do hate, I love the sun and I say that all the time. So yes. I hate sleeping through it. And like the day is already <laughs> halfway over. <laughs> so yeah, I, I totally know what you mean by just sticking in the house. But today I had to force myself to get out of the house. So I was like, no, the sun shining, like get up and get out. And so I finally did and ran, ran a quick little errand that I needed to run. But, um, but yes, I did absolutely nothing this whole weekend. So it was nice, but at the same time it was overkill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because, like, trying to pick yourself back up on the other side, basically. Yeah, that's the hard part is just, I, I hate when I, I don't, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's rare, but it doesn't happen often when my hours are completely flipped upside down like this. And so yeah. it's usually hard to kind of wiggle out of, but that's what I'm in the midst, the midst of doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm in those midst from the holidays still. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Because I, I took mean. all that time off. Um, so what, like the last, two and a half, maybe three weeks of December. Uh, I was like, all right, not doing much. I already got all my stuff done pre-holiday. So I'm just going to like enjoy holiday time. Mm -hmm. And then that two to three weeks then carried into the first two to three weeks of January. Yeah. I'm like still trying to like kick myself back into gear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel you on the like, Ooh, maybe a little overkill on it. <laughs> uh, where it's like, yeah, trying to like get your momentum back up. Yeah. After like for sure. doing a, a slowdown. Yeah. It's it's really just getting back into a rhythm. Like when I don't work out, that's the hardest part when like I like I haven't been working out because mm -hmm. I have been all over the place. And so it's just kind of like uh, once I get back into a routine, I'll feel a hundred times better. But it's just getting myself, pushing myself <laughs> yeah. to get back into that routine. Um, and like just following my like daily schedules, like getting up and doing, you know, whatever my morning routine is and then getting this done and then working out and coming back and eating that, making sure you're like, it's a whole agenda. And yep. I think once you have everything on track and in lock, it's great. But my problem is I'll get in, get on track and I'm going great for a week, two weeks. Here we go. And then I travel somewhere and it goes all out of the window. Yeah. Um, so that's the hard part with me. So now like, that's one thing I'm challenging myself to do is like, no matter where I'm at, 
have that agenda. Like that will bring out so much strength with strength within you to know that you can be anywhere you want to, but you still, you know, you still are disciplined enough to do what you know your body needs and your mind needs, you know, no matter where you are. So that's kind of what I've been challenging. I'm going to be challenging myself with. Um, So, cause these next couple of months are going to be kind of all over the place. So I'm like, man, I really need to get on some sort of just disciplined schedule to where, okay, nothing changes no matter where I go, you know? So we'll see. Wish me luck. I need yeah, those prayers. <laughs> your girl like sleep. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have like a heads up. Like, you know, coming into it, you're like, all right, I'm going to be mobile these times. Mm-hmm. So at least you could like kind of pre-plan so that you have things in effect. Yeah. And I just want it to be like mobile. habitual. Yeah. No matter right. where I am. So fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I still need to write out my goals and mm-hmm. hopes for the year. The very thing I gave I- up. <laughs> just like, I'm like, we're this far deep into the month, you know, when it, when it, when it feels right, I'll write them down. <laughs> right. So I, I actually, so I, yesterday I wrote down um, another thing. So I, I have, as a part of my goals for the year, I have my, I have a deadline for something that I want done by like May or April. Mm-hmm. So I actually got out a pad of paper yesterday and I wrote Thank down you. what would be needed in order to achieve that Come on, for May, April. So I was like, okay, this is a step. Uh, so I, I did at least, write out one of the projects I kind of broke down what would be needed for the project so I was like mm-hmm. right, this is a good little step yeah now I need to like find time to do the rest of it uh, yeah even if it's just high level you know three mm-hmm. bullet points and an inspirational quote uh, Boom. yeah even if it's high level yeah what's funny is that even the high level stuff is uh, proving to be a little bit challenging for me yeah like you said it'll come in its time yeah uh, yeah <laughs> there's just, no rush <laughs> that's part of my whole like kicking myself back into gear like you're saying yeah and it comes with like especially when you're really serious about your goals like you know you're a motivated person deep down you know you're driven you kind of get a bit of a little bit of anxiety just a little bit when you don't feel like you have things where you normally have them but I think it's okay to step back and to kind of challenge that and if it don't not to force anything because like last year I kind of told you the last couple years it's like boom I set my goals are ready to go well before the first of the year Um, but that was the thing, like last year, I, like I met all of my goals and this happens with a lot of entrepreneurs, like they can have like the best financial year, but it's kind of your unhappiest year because you are so driven and so dedicated to those goals. And so that was kind of my problem to where it's like, man, my professional side, the professional side of things is going great over here, but personal side, you know, obviously there's some sort of compromise there because I was so focused on achieving these specific goals. So this year, it's just kind of like, you know what, you know, when I, you know, I'm not, I want, I know I want to level up, but you know, when, when, it, when I know exactly how I'm going to do that, then I'll write it down. Cause for me right now, it's just more so, okay, my, I want to kind of, who do you want to become and how do you want to become that? What are some things you're going to do to establish that quality about yourself or whatever? So that's yeah. kind of what I'm leaning towards and just, you know, in, in due time. So yeah. <laughs> I don't rush yourself. I, I can say that much. The more you rush it and the more that the quicker you're going to feel, I feel like you're going to feel unfulfilled because you just wanted to get something down or you just felt like you had to get something down um, without thoroughly thinking it through. Um, 
just because I know that that's how I, that's how I know I would be. So you're yeah. probably well ahead of me because I have uh, not even pulled out the pad. And yet. <laughs> well, I did realize uh, when I did that, that I was like, oh, I basically used up this entire pad of paper. Uh, so oh, that's, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that, that's kind of cool. Uh, Cause I used it for like notes all the time. I just kept it by my desk. So I'd use it for notes. It has a mm-hmm. lot of notes, really just notes. Uh, yeah. and so I was trying to write down a note yesterday and I was like, I was going to flip to a certain part. And then I just kept going and I was like, well, where the heck? And I had to go yeah. all the way to the last page to write out my list of things that I needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, I was like, okay, I, I have some other notebooks. Like I've told you, I have, I have some notebooks that have been started that haven't been finished. So I'm going to farm one of those out uh, <laughs> and then hopefully get to work on, on my 2023 and forward from yes. there. Yeah. I'm all the confident in you. I'm really excited though. Just by the little bit of things that I've been hearing, you know, I'm super excited to see where your go- what your goals are. I guess I won't really <laughs> find out to the end of the year and I'll be like, okay, so what were your goals? Cause you've achieved a lot this year. <laughs> Ooh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh definitely. no, you got it for sure. Yeah. For sure. My goals are going to come probably, honestly, I should realistically have my goals by the end of February, but Again, I'm super thorough with my goals. So I'll have a goal and I have to write out everything I have to do to get there. And then it comes down to a day by day process to where it's like, okay, how often, how many hours, how many days? So like ever since I read that book, Think and Grow Rich, which I brought up before by Napoleon Mm -hmm. Hill to where they're like, you can have anything you want. You can do you can do anything you want to do. You just have to create a blueprint for it. Basically, how are you going to do that? So when I dive into my goals, I dive into my goals by the day and by the month. So I'm thinking hopefully by February, don't lose hope on me. y'all. I'm not I'm not going to be out in these streets. Just goalless. (laughs) Some goals on that notepad, just like Kellen. But, um, but yeah, I'm super excited. And that's the cool thing. I think by the, by the end of the year, every time we recap, like we've been doing it, I guess for two years now. Um, so I'm excited to, to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you what your goals are. I'm going to leave that mystery and I'm going to guess by the end of the year. Oh, okay. I like that. (laughs) Was this your goal? (laughs) You're like, um, I didn't do any of them. (laughs) Right. I'm like, so you're just that good. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah that's too good well really you put together strategic plans I was in my bed today like when I was like trying to wake my like get myself out of bed and I was thinking about that I don't know why I was thinking about strategic plans today uh yet that being a a thought like okay these are the main things that I want to accomplish say with my business Mm -hmm. so then I'm going to break that down into the three most important tasks or mm-hmm. the three most important principles or values that I may have. Mm-hmm. And then under each one of those, break it down, like you're saying, uh, to monthly, quarter, or like quarterly doings, monthly doings, weekly doings, maybe daily doings. And then by having that whole breakdown, you know, okay, each day, if I spend five minutes doing breath work, uh, then that means that each week I can get at least this much time doing breath work, which means at least this much time in a month doing breath work mm-hmm. by this quarter, then I'll have this much time doing breath work in that. Then I can hopefully accomplish whatever this may be, you know, yeah. like you're saying, being able to break it down into the small steps leads you to the larger, um, oh, the larger sure. leaps. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool that you even mentioned how you do like to break things down. And, and it just reminds me of like a strategic plan. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that, like 
how I can be super wayward with my stuff. Like, ah, it'll get done. Like, this is kind of the <laughs> stuff that I want to do. You know, basically like yeah. putting like a ship out in the ocean and being like, I want to go over here, yet not like charting super straight to the location, just kind of trusting that the winds and the ancestors will take me there. You yeah. Know? Uh, whereas like, it's like, okay, actually, if I make a roadmap for myself, and say, these are the things that I'm going to do, the small things, and it will help to add up to the larger mm-hmm. destination or whatever it may be. Oh, for sure. I used to put, I always had this huge goal, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I didn't break it down. I was just like, boom, this is what I want to do. And yeah. I completely, it was just like a constant marathon because it was just like, I, I set my goals too high to where it's like, okay, they're unachievable. So breaking them down at least for me, is crucial. <laughs> it's a step-by-step process. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <Ooh>. yes. <laughs> Goals. Yeah, for real. Um, yep. Beautiful place to start. I was hoping to get into um, some classes this week. One thing that I've realized, uh, which I kind of talked about at the top of the year, is wanting to disrupt the routine like Mm -hmm. to change the patterns that I've set in the last however long yeah so that felt really poignant to me at the beginning of the year when I went and spent time with my family over New Year's Eve uh, into New Year's Mm -hmm. like I mentioned prior I for the last couple years spent that time alone not doing anything Mm -hmm. um, which you know Rightly so, also because of the state of the world, you know, we went through some things. So then people were forced to isolate and to not commune with others. Mm-hmm. And then now that it's been a couple years of like falling into these patterns, it's like, well, what can I do to help break up the patterns? Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to, uh, or so then I started looking into uh, taking classes. So I'm interested in getting back into things. Uh, there's, like yoga classes, um, rock climbing classes, boxing classes. It's like, yeah, like different things um, that I'm really looking forward to doing. So I thought I was going to get the, the jump on it this week. But I was <laughs> like, all right, now that it, uh, I, I'm starting to get like back in the swing of things, like, let me go start taking one of these classes. Yeah. Um, however, I don't feel so good. So then now I'm like, okay, I got to isolate again because, you know, it's not good to go around people when you're sick, right? Yeah. Uh, however, I am like really looking forward to that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I want to find tutors. I want to find coaches for just about every area of my life if I can. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a financial coach, um, mm-hmm. artists who have been working professionally as artists for many years successfully Mm -hmm. uh getting back into the other performing arts that i do as well music and dance movement uh Mm -hmm. finding ways to train with people um or basically yeah just securing mentorship and or coaching yeah uh, to help to help you know Mm -hmm. in the in this coming year like switching things up like okay, it's great. Again, thinking of how um, I have been able to celebrate successes, uh, even though I felt like I've been kind of like a wayward journeyer, you know, like not the most direct with my journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, I can only imagine like, okay, if I get a little bit more direct and a little bit more intentional, and I also have somebody there to coach me through it, 
yeah. how much greater so many of the things that I want to get accomplished can be. Mm-hmm. Oh, hands yeah. down. I think coaching and mentorship is crucial. And that's an avenue I've been wanting to kind of step into as well for like the last couple of years now. And I think my thing is, where do I look? And so that's been a goal of mine for a while now, but most definitely a financial coach, I think is key. Um, but just learning, just being a humble student, there's so much more to learn in the world. So being able to kind of follow someone's lead or take that lead by initiating something, um, initiating, I guess, a new craft or a new skill that you haven't, you know, tapped into yet. I think that kind of makes life that much more exciting. I like how you bring up boxing too, because I've always wanted to do boxing for like okay. the longest, but then you always have that kid in the class that just takes it too seriously. So I know my ass would get knocked out if, like, <laughs> <laughs> if I go to this boxing class and, you know, we got a spar or something. So that's the only thing I'm just like, mm, I don't know. Maybe like a, a level one boxing class is a good place to start. But yeah, I've well, always it, wanted to try out boxing. Yeah, it is that here. What I saw is like it's a beginning thing, like a beginning studio. Uh, so for beginners, basically, yeah, where you can just go and take like conditioning classes. Yeah. And another great thing for this week is that we have another guest here on Quantum Theory. Hopping right into this short bio, we have Gachung on the line. Uh, Gachung is the son of a strong Yupik Inuit mother who brought him up in an extremely traditional life and a strong African-American father who taught him to be proud of his Black heritage. Gachung has served in leadership roles with the Alaska Native Heritage Center, First Alaskan Institute, and other arts, culture, and community service entities. He is a graduate of the University of Alaska Anchorage and with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Political Science and Alaska Native Studies. For over 25 years, Gachun has created music with his partners in Bumua. Their style derives from traditional melodies reinterpreted with contemporary vocalization and instrumentation, often described as, quote, Inuit soul music, end quote. Uh, Bumua has discovered their own genre. And beyond that, Gachun has been working on his own solo musical projects as well. And we're super happy to have him here now on the show. Ah, and here we are with our special guest today, Gachun, uh, joining us uh, from actually, I think this is the furthest time zone back. I believe it's what, like 120 for you right now. Uh, we, I, I hold down the Pacific time. Michaela's been holding down Eastern time. Uh, <laughs> okay. and now we have uh, our, our first free time to us uh, guest ever here on Quantum Theory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and with that, please uh, give us a word from from the past, Nate, uh, since you're yeah. there. <laughs> well, uh, well, I'll first start by saying, uh, <laughs> 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 <laughs
all over the map right now. Um, but yeah, but that's where I'm from, but I'm living now in southeastern Alaska. I'm still in Alaska, but I live in a different part of, of uh, about a thousand or so miles from where I grew up uh, near the Bering Coast. I'm on the southeastern uh, part of the of, of the state in an uh, area uh, called... Um, well, in in the Thinket language, uh, it's it's Thinket Ani, um, and specifically Akwan, which is the the land of the Ak people, um, which is a the Thinket um, uh, area and land, uh, and in a town now known as Juno. So that's where I'm calling in from. I'm really happy to be here, Boyana. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. You're a man of many hats. It seems like you do quite a bit, and so that's what kind of caught our attention. So before we jump all the way in, I do want to, you know, I want you to tell us what you do and how you describe that. And um, just that's our way of kind of putting respect on your name and everyone else. We like to make sure you got you have you hold down that quick introduction of who you are. So go ahead and just tell us a little bit about what you do and um, and why you do it. Sure. Well, you know, yeah, you nailed. I'm definitely a man of many hats. And um, and so I. But primarily, I find myself working in and around in my personal professional life in culture, in art, mm -hmm. in language, uh, in dance, in performance. Um, um, I've been um, a musician and in a group called Bamiwa for almost 30 years now. And that's kind of been my main, um, just my main source of like income and just love and just passion is, is and we sing in um, our Yupik language uh, primarily. Um, my mother is Yupik, uh, which is one of the Inuit um, language families, Inuit language groups uh, in the southwestern part of Alaska in a town called Mamtapishok and also Nunapichok. And then my father is black uh, from um, Philadelphia, uh, where he grew up, but also um, my family, my grandmother and grandfather were born in, in uh, the North and South Carolina. My grandfather in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, my, and at North Carolina, my grandmother in, in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, so I identify myself as, as, as um, you know, Afro-Indigenous. Uh, our music is really based on that, that whole idea of like bringing our cultures together um, and, and our heritages together. And we do it through music and through dance performance. Um, I also am an art educator. I've uh, been te uh, teaching artists for almost as long as I've been a musician because you kind of just have to do that kind of stuff to be able to survive and live, you know, just to kind of have a, a diversify, you know, your income stream if you want to be a full-time artist. And I've been that full-time artist for a long time. Uh, but most recently I've been working with kind of just forward thinking, you know, organizations, um, uh, you know, in the nonprofit world and in the tribal world where I'm at right now. And, and uh, I usually work, do, do a lot of like cultural work there. So right now I'm currently uh, working with the Tlingit and Haida tribe here in, in Juneau. And I, I build cultural programs, which include uh, language and arts and, and uh, just uh, getting out in nature and hunting and fishing and, and, and just those traditional cultural practices, um, uh, many of them being endangered. Uh, we, we just make those opportunities for, for folks um, to learn about their their cultural backgrounds. And for those that are not to learn about the Alaska Native um, ways and gain allies that way. But that's, yeah, that's in a nutshell, that's a lot of the work that I do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a father, husband, a grandfather, um, and, uh, and really just kind of every, parts every facet of my life is all about you know just 
getting um, the our culture and our histories, our language, um, just those are just kind of imparting that information to who I can. And that's, you know, part of that is my family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. Seriously, absolutely beautiful. Thank you for that rundown. The, yeah. the upbringing side, so have you always grown up in the Alaska area or did you travel between your, your families? Cause yeah. The, the yeah, East Coast, no, absolutely. That's, that's yeah, no, absolutely. It was like, it's far. I remember my, my first trip ever going to my grandparents um, on my own was I was six years old and I, you know, like traveled from Bethel, uh, you know, I mean, it's on the Bering coast. I had to jump on, yeah. I think like six, seven, jets just to get to uh, the east coast and uh, back then you know uh, I think things were a little more free <laughs> and like allowing you know so I was like six years old traveling across the country like yeah, by nice. myself you know I was like UM you know I had I had uh, folks that were taking care of me along the way but I just you know that's just kind of the way it was but you know I had but I had traveled a few times to you know visit family um, on the East coast. And it was always just amazing and beautiful. And, uh, so, but the primarily lived in Alaska, um, you know, as a base, as yeah. a basis for my, for my home. And, mm-hmm. and, but I've lived over in, you know, I've lived over in Europe, um, you know, spent time a lot in South America, like just kind of tra- traveled around. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I, I, I think of Michaela right away, uh, because she's spent a lot of time on the East coast with family and then back in the inland northwest in the idaho area mm. uh, with family mm-hmm. so like having connections on both sides like both coasts that like tie her to her family yeah, yeah. and that's the thing is like it, you know your native land is your native land like that's always going to be home so right even though i live on the east coast and i'm in alexandria virginia um and i grew up actually on the east coast um, for a good chunk of my life, but like home's always going to be home, <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's something I always say that meant like races within this country, especially it's like, they don't have that privilege and that benefit of having their homelands right there, you know, in your language. Um, and just, you know, being, being so accessible, at least between my native side and my black side, of course, and, you know, mm-hmm. we know how black history goes, but, um, just, you know, native land is always going to be our home. So that's always a good base to kind of structure. And it's and a huge connection of. to who mm-hmm. you are and like so much of your knowledge and everything is like based along on, on the land. So the land definitely ties a lot to it. And, uh, and so that connection to my homeland is, is, is real. It's like so strong. And, you know, even being here in Alaska, I'm still, you know, 1,200, 1,300 miles from my homeland, even though I'm still in the state of Alaska. I mean, it's a massive, massive state. Yeah. And I know you you have deep roots because as you're explaining, I guess, both sides of yourself um, and then just being, you know, your dad being from Philly and then obviously having deep roots down south because my family, my black side, they're from North Carolina and Virginia. Um, And so... You know, and then you have South Charleston, South Carolina as well in there. So I guess growing up, you know, and I guess dealing with identity and culture, what was that kind of transition with you for you um, growing up and kind of getting, you know, what kind of mindset did you have as you tapped into what really brought out the best in you and what you're passionate about? I would describe the first, I would maybe even the first couple of decades of my life is just switching. And mm-hmm. I was like, depending on where I was at. Um, mm-hmm. if I was my, with my black side of the family, I just 
put I set aside my ubiquitous and and it was identified as a as a black person, right? And then the same thing when I was in in the Yupik area in Alaska, I set aside my black side. That was I would say that's a real good like just a descriptor of like my first couple of decades on this on this planet is mm-hmm. and so you know fast forward you know a little bit later you know when we were thinking about this whole music thing my brother and I um you know we both were dealing with this you know this this um struggle with identity and all of that um you know and we were you know we were just talking about I was just in college and just um I was in like my first first or second second year of college and he was about to go in his first year of college and we were we had been apart for a while and we were just getting together and we were just rapping and talking and just all kinds of stuff and and just and one one of the things we were talking about was just like that craziness of like the idea of us setting aside some some a huge part of ourselves just to uh accommodate and make other people feel more comfortable i guess in a way you know and so uh, so that's, you know, that's when we started the, you know, that's when we started Bumua and the whole idea of it was just identity and, um, being of mixed cultures and mixed races and, and that message of bringing it together and the unity and just uplifting every part of yourself. I mean, that was our message 30 years ago and it's still our message today. Um, and so, cause it's still relevant. Um, and so, uh, that, you know, that was, it was definitely, it was definitely difficult, but, you know, I had a, also like both sides of my family were very um, respectful of like, of that, you know, and a lot of questions and things like that, you know, with, with about who we were and like all these, like, you know, when we would go back to the, you know, from the East coast and go back to Alaska, everyone was like really excited to hear about the music we were bringing back or the <laughs> stories and, and, the, you know, that cultural aspect of, of, of uh, you know, coming from that, part of my world and part of my life it was and the same thing when I would go to, back to the east coast like mm-hmm. they were all my cousins they were like and and even my you know aunties uncles they were really curious about what life was like living in the far eastern or far western part of the world like in this like remote part where people were like you know it's romanticized on television and movies but like you know we just brought the realness and like the real story so there was like always um very, a lot of curiosity with both sides of my family and uh so it was it was fun yeah we, so we became storytellers right off the bat mm-hmm. yes tapping into your traditional roots really and yeah. expressing it now well then going off of that so then the first couple of decades so then how do you find that like it's it you carry yourself now or how, how do you celebrate yourself and your identity and especially as you know you mentioned a grandfather you have multiple generations underneath you uh, already in, in your influence and in your care. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. So after that, like what, what have the last few decades been? Well, it's just been like our job and our, you know, <laughs> one of our missions to just really to, to talk about these things and talk about difficult, you know, subjects and, and, you know, never sugarcoat, sugarcoating it. It's like, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we really, you know, and the fact that people, because people are like, what is this music that you're playing? You know, it's like you're singing in, in a native language, but it has this different element of funk and soul and like even, you know, gospel and all this kind of stuff. Right. So, uh, so it, it already right off the bat starts to kind of foster and uh, conversations and, and, 
and it happens in a lot of places and spaces that you wouldn't even really expect. And so I always find myself just kind of like being this, like, you know, this cultural ambassador, you know, and, and, uh, and so it doesn't matter if it's like really just doing it outright in like on a stage and that's very deliberate, but even like on a plane when you're sitting next to someone and you're just having, you know, you, People always ask, like people ask, like, "Oh, what, what's, what do you do?" You know, that's like one of the yeah. first questions people ask, and I'm like, "Oh, well, let me tell you." <laughs> so you <laughs> yeah. find those opportunities to just keep that message going, and and so um, you know, it's just you know, it's been like now almost 30 years we've been been doing this this work, and and it's like it's really been a privilege and and an honor to be a, a part of it, and we've seen the power of like identity and representation in many different places and spaces and the changes that it can create like namely like this one place uh one of our members in our group is is uh which is uh what um they call the land called greenland uh it's uh, greenland is called in the in the in the inuit language and so one of our members is from uh from originally from there, but now lives in Copenhagen and, and actually moves back and forth anyways. But um, she, you know, we, we've, we've been going there for many, many years and they went through this whole like kind of transformation and evolution in their, in their, it, it, I would say in the last 40, 50 years, right. From like being fully colonized by Den, by Denmark to then becoming like home, getting home rule government. And then, now like just one step away from becoming a totally autonomous like nation state and i would attribute that change from uh, the shift in mindset mindset of decolonization uh because they made a conscious decision um about 40 50 years ago to stop naming um their children with these danish you know scandinavian names and we're going back to their inuit names and, and the power of a name uh, and I don't think they really understood like what how how significant that like full stop and that like um, you know that just that shift of like no we're doing we're naming our kids names that they should be named these proper names and the power and the the waves and the ripple effect that that made because um, that generation of of young people are now the leaders and they don't really have this like identification of like being colonized they were like they're really like full-heartedly and like unapologetically inuit right mm -hmm. and so like we so on, all my kids you know all of our me and Kishak and um a lot of our family members you know we brought this message and it's one of the things i talk about all the time with folks too is like the power of names and just that one little thing and how powerful that can be so like all my kids they, they don't have english names you know that's you know it's like and sometimes people ask well what's your name i'm like well it's ayuk and like, well, what's, what's, what's his real name? I'm like, it's Ayuk. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, that's his name. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, you know, I have Ayuk and Uluanuk, you know, and uh, we have Dunapi and Ivalu and Inuk, all like all our kids, um, they all are, and you see this like pride and, and in them right now that just, it's, it's awesome to see. Yeah, I love it. I love just kind of that embracing of your culture and, you know, putting it in the forefront, like, no, this is us, you know, we're not trying to be yeah. anything except for who we are, you know, period. Mm -hmm. So, and that's one thing that I noticed within your music is that it's all in your language, which I thought was the dopest thing ever. Um, so are you, are you fluent? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, um, 
our language, the Yupik language, is uh, widely spoken. Um, it was my first language, and uh, you know, we still we're we're uh, borning boy boy <laughs> the kid the kid our speakers are being born right now as we speak. You know, so it's like yeah. still a very strong language. It's you know, I think it's uh, with the the Navajo language, the Tene language, it's Tene and Yupik are the two most widely spoken um, languages um, in the U.S. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because yeah. like mo- within plenty and many, including our own, um, maintaining and sustaining that tribal language and our, you know, our original language is hard to do because, you know, elders do pass on and the elders mm-hmm. that did, you know, speak it fluently are, you know, slowly leaving. And I guess um, for, but for you guys, it's, it's, it, it is fluent just as the yeah, day. It's yeah. from, the, from our elders to our kids. Yeah. The little babies being born now are speaking Yupik. It's becoming, yeah. it's their first language acquisition. Which is beautiful. I love being in a room to where, you know, you catch a catch catch a native just speaking their own. Like I just think it's the dopest thing ever because it's like I don't I don't have that luxury, and I really wish that yeah. I did. You know, but so I just want to clarify. Like, of, of, I want to clarify though. But like, of the twenty two different languages, twenty two different distinct languages in in Alaska, and mm-hmm. Yupik is the only one. Not all the languages um, are in that state. You know that we have uh, one of the languages that was actually, I'm actually just working on a um, a report on this and a letter to to try and. Um, get support for this for these programs for saving these languages there's one of the languages which is Hotkill, has one remaining speaker left um, uh, born alaskan speaker in the world that's you know and we've lost um we've lost three languages in the last 15 years um and so we're you know even in alaska we're 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 not untouched by this this that that problem and and Mm -hmm. the struggles that we're having with languages Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess just through all of your talk through, you know, culture and creating opportunities and creating conversations and spaces to, you know, maintain your cultural values. Um, what do you hope to challenge or change within your work and within your music? Well, one of the things I like really working hard towards in, um, in, in all the languages and is, is to really normalize it all. Like mm-hmm. just to have it like, it is you want to see it in in on street signs and places on television and radio and like just it's all just there it's just part of life and it's just completely normal um that's definitely one one of the things it's like stuff you hear in the radio you know you want you want one of the dopest awesomest bands and groups out there to be a band singing in the yupik language and you know mm-hmm. that's like so we're that's one of the things that we're really hoping to like push and you know, with my partners and my band, you know, Kishak, my brother, and Asanak, uh, my cousin, and uh, everyone else that just kind of just uh, jumps in and supports our work that we do in in our artistry and our in our cultural practices with dancing and ceremony. Like that's you know that's we just want it to be like, yeah, yeah, those Yupi guys, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like that's that's what it's about, like just really normalizing it. So I think that's definitely that's one of the main things that we're doing um in our work, in my work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. I'm I just have chills listening to everything that you're saying. <laughs> uh I'm super a language nerd myself. Uh, and I'm not even a nerd, just a 
prescient. I don't know if prescient is a word. Uh, Yeah. Also, I don't care about the colonizer's language. I'm going to make up whatever word I (laughs) need to. But yeah, a person who appreciates uh, and and honors language. I I study Nimi Putemt. Our our people speak Uh as as much as I can. And and even with the studying that I do, it's it's still nothing. Uh, And it's wild going to other places. I actually had the opportunity this past summer to go down uh, to uh, Mexico with a group of uh, other natives. Uh, and we were engaging with indigenous peoples uh, down in the area of Chiapas, so like the southernmost mm-hmm. state of Mexico that uh, borders with Guatemala for our listeners. And just hearing them speak their native languages so fluently and so deeply and as so casually, you know, it was, yeah. was mind blowing for us who are working to simply get a grasp of our language so it's, yeah it's so yeah. beautiful to to be a part of it like okay so when i'm talking about normalizing as well it's like i was just on a call just uh just a few weeks ago because one of the things I, I do as well as i is i i'm the artistic creative director of a of a brand new baby indigenous music festival called Ock rock uh which is which happens here in Aquan and uh and so we're about to have our second um, second Oc Rock Festival of the September. And so I've been on, you know, we've been on the phone with folks and just trying, you know, like really, uh, you know, working with uh, different indigenous groups from all over the world. And one of the folks I was just connecting with um, um, is an amazing artist in Ateora in, in, in um, New Zealand. And it was so beautiful to have this, like we started the entire conversation, the whole Zoom, but we just did protocol. You know, we, we, you know, it was all in language and it was, it's just like, wow, man, how awesome is that? We're just conducting business and it's just, we're starting it off with the whole idea that we need to put our languages into this space for it to make it right, to, to feel right. And it was just, it's beautiful. And it's like getting, and that's happening more and more in, in, in some of the spaces uh, that I've been able to have, uh, you know, be able to work in. And, and in play in. And so it's, it's really cool, you know, um, to actually see that kind of change. Cause you know, you know, 30 years of doing this music business, that's, that definitely has not been the case. And mm-hmm. so and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start this indigenous music festivals, like to, to create that change and to change that narrative of like, um, and, and indigenizing, indigenizing spaces and creating a, a, a place and space where people can, uh, Bring their full self even if it's like you know they don't consider it like okay yeah i was just on a call another call was uh with another gentleman from um from greenland and he's like are you sure you you if you're asking the right person because for this indigenous music festival because i'm a funk and soul artist and i'm like perfect <laughs> you know because <laughs> you know, it's like it's, it ain't all just about flutes and drums like mm-hmm. indigenous music is whatever we want it to be whatever your story that you're telling is an indigenous person so and he was like oh, oh yeah yeah sign me up <laughs> but it's like yeah it's becoming like even with ourselves we've a lot of our folks we've been so colonized that we don't even understand like the, the power we have as, as artists, like, and what really that power is. Yeah. 
Yeah, most definitely. And it comes down to just changing our narrative, you know? Yeah. Changing that lens. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Can you repeat that too, just for our listeners? You know, who knows who's listening where, but um, we would love to, uh, I I mean, that sounds like an awesome, awesome event just to even pull up at. Can you, do you mind um, just kind of stating when it is, where it is? Yeah. So Auk Rock and it's Auk is A-A-K-W. Um, so you can find it aakwrockfest.com. So it's aakwrockfest.com. And then our next festival is going to be held September 21, 22, 23. And we have an amazing lineup of artists from, from all over. So like all over the world. So from Europe, you know, one, like one of the little known facts is there's indigenous people in Europe that, you know, mm-hmm. the Sami people, and they have the largest indigenous music festival over there called Redo Redo Festival. It's one of my most memorable you know moments on on stage and so awesome to see like this group of indigenous folks that have been just persecuted and pushed down and you know all this stuff name it you like and and uh and they just put on this beautiful festival there and i definitely like was inspired by them inspired by the new zealand maori um you know inspired my times in hawaii and of course down in the states and um and it's like, it's pretty, it's also like, also crazy that, you know, Auk Rock, you know, in 2021 will be, you know, and was the only indigenous music festival in the United States of America. There isn't one. So it's like, we just like all of us artists, are like we, we need to change this. And one of the things we talked about is that we just have to make our own. And so I, you know, I was listening and I was hearing, you know, all these conversations that we've been having with a lot of my colleagues and friends and in the industry over the years and like, well, shoot. And when, as soon as I moved here to, um, to, to, uh, Kwan, I was just like, yeah, let's, let's do a festival and the community jumped behind it. And, um, yeah, so we're about to have our second, uh, second festival. We'll have about 40 artists from all over the world. Oh, wow. Dang. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> come on up. Yeah. I, I got another excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't been up at all. I've, I've never been. Uh, That'd be the best opportunity. I'd be the one to come up for. Wow, seriously. Well, I pulled up the website right away. I'll make sure to include it in our show notes too. Uh, Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Dang it. I just had it at the tip of my tongue. Basically, um, fusing together the the many hats that you wear. Also, a shout out to the hat you're wearing right now. This land land (laughs) (laughs) that you're physically wearing. (laughs) Um, However, yeah. So, uh, okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm Again, you're giving me chills with everything. Uh, so oh, one, the art awesome. side with the the multi-dimensional, all, all the different uh, music, performance, uh, and, and, and language, everything that you've mentioned uh, on the art side. And then even this notion of we don't see this thing, we have to create our own. I know for Michaela and I, we have so many of these as artists ourselves, ourselves, you know, we we mm-hmm. want to create change and then we want to see these things normalized. We want to see these things popularized. And so it's like, well, let's, let's make it ourselves. So this podcast being one of those spaces, you know, yeah. uh, where it's like, all right, we just, we just have to make it. Um, so it's not really a question yet. I don't know. Can you speak to all of that? Like, uh, I guess to that journey to, to young or to people that are, you know, on that yeah. journey as well, you know, like embracing all of your different artistic expressions and also that notion of creating something uh, in order for it to like grow and be something that's already established for people to come up after. Yeah. And it's like, that's, and that's the hope and the dream that like we're creating this 
space that will incubate future artists later on, you know. And so, you know, this is for for me to have this type of space, like a podcast or, or a festival or, or television shows that we're seeing now with reservation dogs and and uh, you know a, with uh, Daily Alaska and and um, Rutherford Falls. You know, we're seeing this. We it's, it, we're seeing this like indigenous pop culture explosion happening and it's and if it feels like there's this change and definitely a sea change so but it's all to the fact that people are like well we're just gonna do this you know it's like Mm -hmm. sterling harge i'm creating the show uh you know reservation dogs and 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 uh you know and with uh daily alaskan we have uh, two Alaska Native writers on that show is an ABC show, and you know, and the, Molly Denali. It's a you know Athabascan, um, you know, um, princess. Uh, um, her, her name is Princess. Uh, blanking on her last name, but um, you know, she just created Molly Denali show, that, and, and it's really uplifting everybody because everybody is now you know like with Molly and Denali, you know they reached out to Bumua and then we sang the theme song and recorded the theme song for Molly Denali, you know, uh, with uh, flying wild Alaska. It was a, you know, it's a television show that was done by created by Ariel Tweedo from, you know, Cleet Alaska, which has kind of followed this life of this, this young Inupap, uh, girl trying to, you know, a lady who woman who's going forward to, you know, her getting her pilot's license, but she also part of this legacy of this family that owns this like, you know, airline company, uh, which eventually got bought out by Alaska Airlines, right? Like all this, but wow, but we were man. doing the music for it. And we, you know, so it's like all these things that are happening, it's really lifting all, everybody up. And it's really awesome to see and like to see Sterling just when I'm listening to uh, Reservation Dogs and hearing the soundtrack, I'm like, oh, what a beautiful soundtrack. Cause you're, he's introducing, you know the audience audiences all around the world to indigenous music and 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 all the different edgy genres so it's really cool uh to be a part of um but it's like you know it's like we just had to do it and so you know it's like we can't sit around and wait you know sit here and wait and watch people just you know um appropriating our culture and misrepresenting us on media it's like no we just got to change that so it's it's really great to be a part of yeah. And shout out to uh, Mato Wayuhi, the uh, musical composer of Reservation Dogs. He did yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oglala Lakota, just like, yeah, yeah. and he's a young kid too, which is wild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Like, there, it's the, what's happening in 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 mainstream media is like it's unprecedented. So it's like it's awesome. Yeah, I do see too. Uh, IMDb entry. Were you? In Rutherford Falls, speaking of, I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. So they just like, you know, they reached out and like, like, hey, we need a, uh, we need a person that that's black and indigenous. Would you mind, uh, you know, auditioning for this? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I auditioned for Kevin. <laughs> okay. So it's the first time I've ever been, you know, on a television show. I've, I've written show music for them, and you know, had our music on there, but it's first time I've been on it and you know and and I think I can you know we've we were just on Alaska Daily and then Philip was just down um in Iceland my, my brother Kishap was just down in Iceland uh, filming for the new HBO show and you know it's just like all these things are happening and it's 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 really awesome wow 
Perfect. I know I'm like, I have to go go back and watch it now. Look out for Kevin. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Gives me another excuse to watch that whole season all over again. Both seasons. Awesome. We don't want to hold you up too much. I know you're a busy, busy being. Um, But before you go, can you let us know if you have any upcoming projects aside from the Rock Fest, of course, but um, any upcoming projects and how can we support you? Oh, man. Just, I think... This is awesome just having having me on here, just be able to tell this story and talk. But yeah, we're about to go on. Like we had a nice little break here during Christmas and um kind of a little, you know, we're, we were in between tours and had about two and a half months where I just got to be home and spend time with my family and my kids. Uh, but we're about to leave in about a week and a half or so. And we're just embarking on a, another crazy tour. So we're off to, uh, you know, Iowa and in Minnesota, um, think we're going to be in Idaho. Uh, nice. We're just like traveling to the. We have a nine-week um, tour that we're doing in the Midwest, kind of Middle America, and and the cool thing about it is, is like we're connecting in communities that doesn't that don't normally get music like ours. Um, so it's kind of off the beaten path. We're not going to any major cities in these states. We're going to the smaller communities. And that's the whole mission of this um, Midwest tour. Uh, so we're starting that and we're just, you know, come check out bumiwa.com. You can just see where we're going to be. Like this 2023 is going to be a busy year. We're going to be um, all over from the East Coast to the West Coast to Canada, you know, all over. Perfect. And how else can we find you? I know you said bumiwa.com. Um, do you have Instagram? Do you have any type oh, yeah, of socials? Yeah. All, the, all the all the keyway C-U-N-G, if you plug that in and all the socials, my, I think my name will be the only one to come up. Perfect. <laughs> there are other things <laughs> in the world, but there aren't too many. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice thing about but having yeah. a unique name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely love connecting. If anybody wants to know anything about like, you know that our culture and like we get a lot of requests and you know questions about um you know the inuit the inuit people the yupik people alaska we're always we're just so open we love sharing um so uh yeah just hit us up and just like you know just let us know if you got those burning questions about you know something you've been curious about and and uh so we've you know we, that's one thing it's like we're not just entertainers we love to educate as well love it love it Gatun, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. This was yes. absolutely amazing. And tip of the iceberg. I'm I'm looking forward to future connections. Uh, yes, most definitely. Poyana, Hola. Wow. Yes. Such yes, a yes, great yes. interview. Such a great interview. Right though. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of funny because I knew that we were working with a time limit as well. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to make sure that you have as much time as you can possibly have to speak, like, you know, trying to keep myself silent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yet also being like, I want so much more or like, you know, (laughs) you want to engage so much more uh, because everything is just like even spoken at a high level is so just like fascinating, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like we could dive in. So like dive in way deeper into so much more of this stuff. Oh, most definitely. Super inspiring. Very inspiring. I love everything he stood for. I love everything that he's doing. He's literally changing the narrative. He's not just talking about it. He's actually doing it. Um, and he's doing it unapologetically, which is what I, which I love most, you know, is he just, he just goes for it. 
And so that's definitely more what we need, you know, within this generation and the next generations. And hopefully, you know, he's definitely planting those seeds. So I'm very excited about what he has coming up. And, you know, we might have to take a little QTP trip to Alaska. Right though, <laughs> right though. I was like, I don't think I have anything booked for September 21st, 2023. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here we go. Here we go. QTP right, and AK. Here we go. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Ooh, okay. See, my calendar's filling up now because that that puts um, Santa Fe Art Market in August mm-hmm. and then uh, Ock Rock in September, just back to back. Boom. Going yeah. to start this uh, slanging these beaded earrings. <laughs> <laughs> get me to, get me to, get me to Alaska. Right? Get me to Mexico. Please, I'm selling squares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shoot don't knock the hustle people be making bang off of those squares oh my gosh yeah those squares kept me afloat when i was living in new york city i tell you that much i said look yeah (laughs) let me sell these squares shawty let me get rent put together Mm -hmm. oh yeah um such a great interview such a great back-to-back interviews just Mm -hmm. all of the now knowledge all of the power all of the initiative, everything. I just, I, I, I love, I loved, I definitely loved our last two. I mean, I love all of our conversations, of course, yeah. but these last two conversations really just, it, it was one of the, the, the interviews where you're just kind of hanging on every word because you feel like you're, you're learning, you know what I mean? And exactly, just a whole nother perspective, you know, it's the same perspective, but with so much power. And I think especially within both of us. And like you mentioned, what we're doing and what we're trying to do, you know, it's one thing to sit there and tell people and to talk at people about what we want to do, but to be in a room with someone who's doing it, it's a whole nother discussion, a whole nother conversation. And you walk away that much more motivated. And I encourage everyone to have those conversations and find those circles that make you feel like that, like make you feel as though it's not a competition. You're not talking at someone because you all have a soul, you know, initiative of what you want to do and you're dedicated towards a certain goal. And those, these are the conversations we need to continue to have just as a people. Yeah. Seriously, all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that like I talked to somebody about a few months ago is like, again, like our, our home connection with Lapway, Idaho, you know, present day understandings, Lapway, Idaho. And I, I asked, I was like, I wonder if um, we or if, you know, us Nespers people and residents, especially, which is, it's kind of weird to talk about as like not a resident, somebody from the outside looking in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, being like making the change of like Lapway itself, like L-A-P-W-A-I, you know, like for mm-hmm. Lapway, the English uh, writing of Lapway, like mm-hmm. the Nespers word. You know, and like even that small change of like, you know, Schlappway. Yeah, like just making even, it Schlappway. Yeah, yeah, and like the pronouncing it, and everything. Mm-hmm. you know, pronouncing it the way that like our people have called it forever rather than like just going with this English shorthand. Yeah, and it makes me think of Woman King. Have you seen that movie yet, Kelly? Oh my gosh, I still need to get on it. <sighs> okay, I Kelly. know. Okay, that'll be my homework. I'll take that on as homework. I haven't had homework in a minute, so. Bet. Yeah. That's your homework okay. for the next time we record because okay, you can find it. All right. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, okay, it reminds me of a scene in there when it's like, and it was like a moving part of the film to where it's like, when you're in my country, you speak my language. Like, Ooh, that's what, yes. that's one of the pull quotes. And so yes. it's the same thing. It's just like, no, well, this is our community 
therefore, you know, it making our language a part of that and some of these traditional values a part of that. And I don't like using the word decolonizing, but just, you know, changing that narrative and reestablishing who we are and really not reestablishing just it's, it's centering, you know, it's, it's centering, centering ourselves and centering. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's putting ourselves at the forefront, making ourselves a priority, the primary. Boom. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like, it's, it, it's time. Like, let's go ahead and just do this thing. Like if we're, let's start making those steps and taking those steps into reclaiming what was ours, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that, I mean, that would be, that would be something that would be amazing and just changing all of our tribal communities into what they really are. And like, no, you're going to say it the way it was meant to be said, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I love, I love the whole interview realistically. And I just, so motivating, so motivating. And just where they are as a people is just like goals. Cause just as him talking about his language, it's like, man, I wish I could speak my language fluently Mm -hmm. so bad, you know? And I really, I had a, two i lived with two through i guess through with or i would say with two fluent language speakers my grandmother and my great-grandmother they knew it fluently and i'm just like man it's like as you get older you know you kick yourself because it's like i mean you're a kid you can't blame yourself as a kid to not want to sit there and you know not to know to ask those questions more often about your language but um I just, I, I, like I said, every time I hear the fluent, someone speaking fluently, it's just so beautiful to me. Yeah. So beautiful to me. Well, what's wild is that like with like Nimi Putemdra itself is like how we don't really have, like you mentioned, like an abundance of people who have really expansive knowledge in the language, you know? Yeah. And I have had the honor even of working alongside the language program and being around some of the elders who were able to speak a lot or, or not even to speak who had a lot of understanding and knowledge in the Nespers language itself. Mm-hmm. And even these elders would, you know, rely on one another to ask, well, what about this or what about that? And would even talk about the fact that like, mm, like I myself, you know, speaking from their perspective, they're like, I myself wouldn't consider myself a fluent speaker because I have trouble here or I there may be gaps in my knowledge there like I don't exactly know uh because it's it's not like a widespread common spoken language in our area anymore to where like I I get that even for like me I I learned in a, a completely different language I learned Portuguese when I went and I studied abroad in Brazil mm-hmm. and I went from basically like nothing where I was like not at all able to understand what people were saying to being able to just speak free flow, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it wasn't like absolutely correct all the time yet. You know, I could, I could flow between past and future tense. I could put in like, what ifs, but all, all the different things I had my vocab down. So I was, I was able to hold like beautiful conversation as if it was nothing, you know? So like, I get that. However, then that was back in 2007. Now in 2023, yeah, I can still speak some Portuguese and like, I know it's enough to converse with people yet. It's not nearly as strong or as expensive as it was when I was living and speaking it every day, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I understand that sentiment of being like, yeah, like I can speak a fluid conversation. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm fluent in the language, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then just like that thought of like our people, you know, it's just like, 
how, as like Gachung was talking about, like how can we get so much of our language normalized and established so that in 50 years, like that story he shared, where, you know, the people who were born in that, that's just already their automatic. That's their, that's Mm -hmm. their starting point. That's, that's their standard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it takes baby steps. You don't have to come full right. I think some people just assume, oh, well, I don't come from a traditional family, you know, and it's always, and a lot of people suffer from it today to where they don't feel enough to reestablish some things, I guess, within their culture, or they don't feel, they don't from, they just don't want I don't know. It's that's one thing that I don't like about some, you know, and it happens across, you know, the country within many tribes, but the gatekeepers to where they make it hard for some people to actually want to reestablish their language and, you know, learn more about themselves. It's too common because there, there, there are quite a few people within communities that are like that. Um, but that's the thing is you don't have to come from a super traditional family and it's okay. This is who you, and I, that's one thing I try to tell people, this is who you are. Like I was just speaking to someone last week about that. She's like, well, I had this really awesome opportunity, you know, to basically represent our people, but I don't know if I'm going to accept it because I'm not, you know, I'm still learning. And I'm just like, well, you are who you are. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And a win for one of us is a win for all of us. Like you don't need to be a fluent speaker and, you know, live in that time frame that just doesn't necessarily exist for us anymore. If you are, you know, one of us, you're one of us. So, you know, yeah. go ahead and take that title and be confident in that, you know, embrace that because we're all still learning. We still have a yeah. lot to learn, you know, so just taking that initiative initiative by, you know, learning the way you need to learn and little by little. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I want to learn more of the language and I know, I mean, I know, but I don't know, you know what I mean? And I want to be able to just speak it at times or at least within my family or, and so it's just taking it one word at a time, really. And one thing that I did is I started even with, through my beadwork, you know, and with that side of the business side of things, I, with, with everything that I released, I have been, um, using Nimi Putempt to name each of my, my products. And for me, it's, it's for me as well, because I want to learn more of the language and it challenges me. Okay. What do I want to call this? You know? And then I look it up in Nimi Putempt and boom, I just learned another phrase, another word. But on top of that, I'm showing at least you know, the younger generation with our, and within our tribe and even the same generation within, and maybe even the older generation within our tribe that, you know, if you don't know these words here, a few words that I, you know, have, have grown to learn. So for me, it's just been kind of baby steps is it's okay. You don't have to know everything at one time. Um, I know quite a bit, like throughout my years, I've, taken plenty of Mimi Putempt courses learned by the Bessie and you know had the Chloe in my corner so um so yeah so I I learned quite a bit but it's just as you kind of get caught up in life it's easy to forget some of these words or you know pronunciation so I've just been challenging myself to practice it more which is why I kind of been incorporating that into my beadwork as well so hopefully all that made sense but it's just relearning you know well, because even here on the show, like the first spoken words, tots at pine, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that was a deliberate effort. Like when we made the intro, I was like, well, I want our first words to be Nespers, mm-hmm. you know, like absolutely. 
And then even our, our shows, you know, uh, like you said, naming your products, Nest Purse, I was like, well, I want to do uh, the numbers for our shows, like as we go up in shows. Because uh, I was like, well, if anything, it's learning how to count higher than 10. Yeah, exactly. You know? So like if you look at our if you look at our shows, it goes and, and, and it, it's all of our, our Nest Purse counting system. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is, what are we on? 69? Yeah. So Oilaxa Update Wachquits. If y'all don't know um, how to count to 69, head over to QTP.com. You no, know, exactly. <laughs> and you can learn yeah. just like that. So yeah, it, it's cool hearing you say that even with your products. Cause like, yeah, it, it's funny. Like even these small steps, it's like, all right, well here and there, I want to put these things in and then just to establish it. So one, it's putting us at the forefront. And then two, on the personal side, it's like, oh, it's helping me to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well then too, like hearing all of the, the amazing things that people are creating, it inspires me. Cause like, uh, uh, Gatun mentioned, uh, Molly of Denali, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that cartoon, uh, for kids that like fuses together, like culture as well as language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I haven't watched full episodes of that or of spirit rangers the other like kid show mm-hmm. um yeah i've seen like clips of it and the discussion around it and how powerful it is uh and so then yeah then i think about that too where i'm just like oh can we have programming you know like what what cartoons can we put together that's like all nimi putimki yeah and then and then as it grows up, you know, so like, so level, so it's not just for kids or like for young, young kids yet being able to create programming that has our culture and our language at the forefront so that it's learning for everybody, you know? So then hopefully in 30 years, at least somebody who was born and they were able to watch all these shows where Nest Purse was spoken primarily, they'll know way much more than we knew with no programming yeah you know and then how it can grow and build from there Mm -hmm. um so i don't know it was like inspiring hearing him talking about that and then Mm -hmm. also just like reinforcing that that desire uh in in myself and hopefully in others to to be a part of the change Uh, because we can make it. it it just seems super daunting and and all the other things up front. Yeah. And I like how he's at, right at the beginning. He's like, I don't go by this name. I go by my. Thank my you. And the name. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, is it a tune? A tune? I was nervous yes. about saying it. I was like, mm, I'm going to let Kellen do this intro because I don't <laughs> want to butcher it. I have this thing about butchering Indian names and I don't like to. Yeah. So, um, cool. but yeah, I thought that was dope. Yeah. He, we we got a, a pre-recording conversation about um so Q A C U N G the spelling. Um and so then he was saying the Q gives kind of like a G sound with like a uh or like a space after it. Mm-hmm. Uh and then that the C had the ch sound. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which I think yeah. is so dope to just go by, you know. Your given name. Do you have? Do you have an Indian name? Watu Inamwas. I do not have uh, 
when Nate to Nimi put him together, I don't have a. Well, I'm going to be in charge yeah. of your naming. I'm going to call your mom and we're going to get these, <laughs> All these, right. these giveaway <laughs> items together. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, your name? Telakayunmai. One more time. Telakayunmai. Telakayunmai. Hmm. See, I, for a while, I didn't know what it meant. It was my grand, it's my grandfather's grandmother's. And okay. so from, I get it from Delbert, um, Delbert Ellenwood side of the family. Um, and then I actually had in school, I had someone break it down, one of my language teachers. And I was like, I'm not sure what this name means. Can you, you know, break it up? And she's like, yeah. And so took her a minute. And then she kind of broke the way she broke it down is she's like, well, it sounds like she walks with faith. So I was like, huh, that's beautiful. So, but yeah, so that's. That was, yeah, well, that was my question is like, what is the main verb in mm-hmm. your name? Is it Kayun or like, I don't know. I, we'll talk I about it, it afterward. Yeah, I, I kind of want to keep, I want to continue to kind of get into it and really, mm-hmm. really, really break it down. But, but yeah, so every time I have a speech or, you know, I need an introduction, I always say, you know, good afternoon or whatever time of day it is. And I say, you know, Monique, tell you in my, I always say that first. Yes. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because that's like the beauty too, is that we're able to break down our names. And so that's why I kind of even took a pause. I was like, do I recognize any parts of your name? The only part that I recognize is my at the end uh, for like young maiden or, you know, like like that's what like a my at the end of a name is uh, yeah. M-A-Y. And so that I was trying to figure out the re- like if I could pull out parts of like your uh, like of your name. Because mm-hmm. uh, then, yeah, like with my, I had uh, my Guillory family, they received their names recently. And I was going through the list and I was um, helping my my auntie understand the meanings by, or like the morphology. So basically morphology is like breaking down the word mm-hmm. into like, how did it morph into this larger word that means something? Because exactly. basically with Nest Purse, it's like a bunch of little pieces put together mm-hmm. to express something. So that's morphology. So anyways, I was helping her with the morphology of her names uh, for her, her husband and her children. And it was really interesting because, yeah, how it comes down to like a root, like of something that's happening Mm -hmm. or being done. And then all the things that get added around it to give its full meaning of like what you were saying, like walking in faith or something. Yeah, which obviously is kind of restructured, I guess, in terms of words. Mm -hmm. But I guess faith would be the basically, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess changing giving it a more i guess understandable ah. word in a sense but i do want to kind of go back and i want to go into the dictionary and kind of break that okay because talaposa um talaposa is to worship mm-hmm. um or to like yeah to like worship or like it's like religious uh mm-hmm. and like talaposan was like a church mm-hmm. or talaposan was i believe um so i wonder if the the tala is like related to like that Maybe. like the faith part see like there's that's i was like wait a second like the, it's cool how you can like break down the language and like um yeah oh well, once you good. said that i was like oh, <laughs> i do kind of know a verb near that anyway sorry go ahead which is cool because like even like i have i have I have a few tattoos not everybody sees them but i do have that on me but then i have um i always 
liked, and this is back when I was like, really like when I was in middle school, I legit would like come home and read the Bible. Like it was just a book for me. And so my, um, favorite scripture was Philippians 4.13. And that was my great grandfather, Richard Half Moon's, you know, favorite scripture as well. Or one of his favorite scriptures is I can do all things through Christ or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so when she kind of broke it down, I'm like, dang, that's kind of cool. It's just, for me, it's not even necessarily about the, well, it is about the faith aspects in terms of spirituality. Um, as, but aside from Christianity, I think it's just really cool to kind of, for me, the the way those kind of tied together and the kind of, you know, what's the word I want to use? Basically, it's just basically stating, you know, I take life by the balls. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I go for what I need to go for. And at the end of the day, I'm confident that I'm going to be good because I know creator takes care of me. So that's kind of how I think about it. And, you know, it was a cool little connecting piece of just kind of what some of the things that I kind of stood on growing up, but yeah, I still kind of want to break it down and get like the full kind of research of it all. Well, even now. Okay. It's, 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 it, I'm like, let him cook. Nay. That's uh, <laughs> how I feel right now. Uh, Cause Kui, K-U-Y, Kui is go, go or like going. Um, mm-hmm. And so maybe that's the part of the, the Kui, like tell it Kui Yun my. So yeah, like I, that's what, that's what's hitting me right now. Like Tala Posetsa, like I am worshiping, like I am praying. Uh, and then uh, Kui or Kusa, I don't think there's like a Y. Wi- oh, yeah, there's a Q-A. Because I think the way uh-huh. I kind of broke it down is T-E-L-E-Q-A-U-U-N-M-A-Y. Okay. Okay. okay yeah. I I, I want to hop into it. I'm going to let you do it. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because I, I want to like, text me. No, I'm so excited. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's so brilliant. And, and I love breaking things down. And here, this goes back to a point that I had earlier, too. Um, when you talked about like being able to sit down with your grandparents, your great grandparents and talk about our language. That's the other thing too, that I noticed is like, I listened to an old cassette tape just about two or three months ago of, of like my mom and her sister sitting down with their grandma, my great grandma, Mm -hmm. who was our fluent speaker, our last fluent speaker in our family. Mm -hmm. And they were like, grandma, how do you say this? How do you say that? How do you say the other? Uh, And a lot of it was very vocab, you know, cause that's, that's how we think. We think, okay, how do I say cheese? How do I say refrigerator? How do Mm -hmm. I say I am cold? You know, yet that's because we're coming from this English language and trying to make Nest Purse fit it. Whereas, um, and and I could kind of hear the pause in my grandma being like, "Mm, well, mm, yeah, mm." happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like, my point being that like, only now in my 30s after a few years of like direct nest purse study do i now see that the mindset has to be different because the way that our language is structured so Mm -hmm. like trying to ask questions from an english standpoint doesn't necessarily elicit the answer from the nest purse perspective yeah because of of the way that the language and the the by extension, the view of the world is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, again, for our listeners, breaking it down, like Nest Purse is, it has a lot of like verb bases. And then there's prefixes, which goes before the verb and suffixes, which go after the verb. So these different parts, these small little parts come together to make a phrase. 
of something. So even though it's all put together as one word, it expresses a full thought or a full phrase, which is yeah. much different than English, where we we string together a bunch of words mm-hmm. um, rather than constructing one larger word within phrases and sentences to communicate time, place, direction, relationship, um, all that stuff can get mm-hmm. compounded. So yeah, that that's kind of even the thing, like not to like, well, basically like, I guess encouraging myself, yeah, hopefully it also encourages you like, cause I kick myself about that too. Like, oh, why didn't I ask these questions? Why didn't I, you know, do more to do this yet? Yeah. I don't even know that I could have asked the right questions because yeah. of that perspective not being mm-hmm. present. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Whew. I'm so excited to look into your name now. I'm like... <laughs> well it, now, let it, me it, know yeah it'll be a <laughs> but he raised every erased everything i said like go into it as if i just gave you the name and i'm like all right yeah because i do I'll, i'm not sure if that's necessarily it either you know yeah yeah ah anyways a beautiful conversation and look at that like here we did like this whole language conversation just out of nothing which is mm-hmm. revitalization work in the exactly end, you know it really is. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Well, boom. Another episode <laughs> in the books. Exactly that. Oh, Tanya. Boom. Uh, oh my gosh. I still need to watch uh, the final chapters of. Um, so good. Best yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the thing is that I wanted to go back and watch the first two films before hopping into the final chapters so I could be like in the the multiverse. Uh, yes, watch that the because there's another one coming out with I'm going to hurry up and try to find the title because I'm actually excited to watch it. Um, you people on on Netflix on Friday, you people it has Nia Long, Eddie Murphy. Um, why am I blinking on his name? Just starts with the J. Starts with the J. I'll get back to it. Oh, Jonah Hill. Is it Jonah Hill? Okay. Jonah, Hill Jonah Hill. Yes. And yes. Lauren London. And Lauren it's gonna London. be really good. So he always he's marrying into a black family. Obviously, she's marrying into a white family. And so you have that whole dynamic. So hurry up and watch Best Chapters because that one comes out on Friday. You still got Woman King to watch. So oh my, okay, I'm yeah. glad you have this week and a half off because you need to tap in. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're behind. Exactly that. <laughs> yeah. um, Got some things to catch up on. I yes. have been watching more Martin episodes as of late, um, <laughs> which makes me feel connected to you because I'm like, all right, hopefully the more and more <laughs> that I that I watch. Because again, I watched it as a kid. Yeah, I, I don't really remember because I haven't really watched it back. So now that I'm watching it back as an adult, hopefully I can get more of the references built up. Yeah, uh, that's a big one for the culture. Yeah. Yeah, to have, well, simply to have conversation with you. Uh, you know. <laughs> I don't reference Martin that much. <laughs> Not anymore. It used to be tough. It used and, to flow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of your your languages. Um, I haven't watched it in a while, probably why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, see, that's what I like. And not to drift off too much, we're going to close out here in a second, but like, like that's what's like my, my background. So like everything, like when I, throughout my day, like I need background noise, like I always have yeah. a TV on or something, but it's always like 90 sitcoms that I can watch over and over again. And yeah. I was actually in my self-care for black women book. They're like, um, that's a part of self-care is like watch a nineties black 
sitcom because we were so authentically ourselves during that time period to where it really is a self form of self-care because we're looking at us and we're seeing us more than just a slavery movie, more than just oppression. Mm -hmm. We're actually our whole selves with tapped into the culture during that decade. So that's one thing that I do watch and it's just good energy. I also read something that like people with, I don't know if it's anxiety or what it is, but basically, um, we keep those things on in the background because we know what's to come. So it doesn't mm. leave you kind of anxious. I don't know if that yeah. applies to me, but I'm sure it does. But um, yeah. yeah, that's the always of control, kind of shows. Basically. Exactly. And so, but it, it it's feel good TV. And so like, I always have like, if it is Martin, it's all, um, I usually have like sisters. Lately it's been sister, sister on okay. the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I'll have my phase of Moesha. Then I'll have my phase of New York undercover. If you have not seen New York undercover. <laughs> oh my God. That is such a, underrated show i swear okay. that is like an iconic show for black culture and even hispanic cult well, not hispanic sorry latino culture to where it's not even on the forefront and i'm like this show is amazing so everybody head to peacock go watch new york undercover <laughs> if you want to um yes. but that's a great show um so i usually have those on the background a different world Lately, I've been falling asleep to a dis. Like, I'll put something on to go to sleep. Like, I'm, yeah, one okay, of, okay. I'm one of those people. So yeah. those have kind of been my shows lately. Um, but yes, you have some homework to do, Kellen. Yeah, yeah. For me, I mean, it's been like living single. I do living single all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I talked about, I did one on one for a little bit. I did the yeah. Parkers again. Parkers. I haven't. Got, like... I haven't always gotten completely into the Parkers. What? Completely. Oh Even, my gosh! I mean, yeah, I need okay. to actually I mean, watch yeah, it like yeah. the whole seasons. Like I don't know. It was just yeah. never one that I like tapped into. <sighs> Countess Von and Monique. I'm I just know. like it, it's absolutely ridiculous, and, and it's also very nostalgic for me because that was like my high school, yeah, years, yeah, yeah, like my junior high years. You know, so I was like tuning into UPN or whatever the mm-hmm. the channel was at the time to like. You know, and it was right, it was the spinoff of Moesha, you know, yeah. so it was like the continuation of the whole Moesha world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Proud Family. Uh, oh, for sure. Which is like I was watching that for a little black. bit. Yeah, when I watch Proud Family back The new one's now, good though, too. I still haven't tapped in because I, I still need to finish They got the Billy Porter on there. They okay. got Kiki they got, Palmer. Like, everyone. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all of those, yeah. Like, it was really like a high time, a golden age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it is it's a celebration every time you do get to watch it because it's yeah 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 right really now is. i just finished we're here thanks to you i love that show oh, yes. i completely you finished it. it i finished it i bi- i told you i binged it i didn't it realize took- it was like a full <laughs> binge go on oh, no, no, no. when i texted you i was like halfway through the second season and so okay. i thought okay. i was like okay, yeah, yeah. Because I was watching, I'm like, ooh, another one. Ooh, another one. I'm like, ooh, this season is long. Until I actually noticed there's three seasons and I was halfway through the second season. And I was like, dang. But it's a really, really good show to watch. That's on HBO Max. So I just finished that one. I'm watching Ginny and Georgia (laughs) on Netflix. Netflix. And then I'm also watching, I just started Survivor's Remorse. It's okay. It's funny on Peacock. Um, what else am I watching? I feel like I have like a handful of shows, you know, I'm watching Real Housewives of Potomac, of course. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of tapping into everything, you know, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, oh, we're here. I'm so glad that you watched So good. That. So, so, so good, right? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Just Shout all out the to stories. Nate. I just, I met Nate. Nate, um, oh, I forget his last name, but he does dark listed photography, but he was in episode, season one, episode four, I believe. Okay. Um, he's from the Navajo Nation. He's Dene. 
And he, um, he's actually friends with my sister, Chloe. And I met him for the first time. The icon. Yes. I, <laughs> I met them this year, this year at Santa Fe and they were so nice. They like came up to me and it was like, hi, I'm Nate. And I know your sister, Chloe. And I was like, oh, hey. And so then when I was watching the show, I was like, I saw Nate flash on the screen because they always flash the names before they show the actual people in the stories. I was like, wait a minute, this better not be Nate, Nate, this is Nate, Nate. <laughs> you know, that whole, black <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that black, um, you know, energy to where it's like, you know, Nate, Nate, you repeat the name to make it clear. <laughs> And so I said it out loud. I was like, this better not be Nate, Nate, like Nate, Nate. And so then I played it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Nate, Nate. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm like that, like we're not besties or anything, but yeah, I know that's my, my sister's friend. So, um, yeah, I, I met them this year and their energy is just, you know, contagious, but it was really cool to just kind of see someone that we knew, especially and of representation of ourselves on the show. So overall a great show. Um, but that's that, all of my TV talk. Yeah. The, the, the Danae episode and then the when you got kind of the callback in the Hawaii episode. Yeah, that one's my favorite one. Me too. And yeah. I think I think it would have served better as the finale of that season because the finale sure. was so lackluster. Colorado. Like, you know. I mean, uh, they're all moving, you know. They're all but moving, I, yeah. The Hawaii mm, one was the icing on the cake for sure. though? Yes, and she was gorgeous. I forgot, I forgot the name, but um, anyway, you know which one I'm talking about. Anyway, y'all go watch those shows. (laughs) Yeah, definitely go watch it. Um, and uh, I looked up Nate, and I'm like, okay, yes, I recognize who you're talking about now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, off of a yeah, it was really cool. It's really cool. Fun, fun show, and yeah, it has so much power to it. Uh, Oh, so definitely check it out. Power and entertainment all rolled into one. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, another celebration. Yes, you guys have plenty of homework, especially you, Kevin. <laughs> You're the one with the homework for this yeah. next week. <laughs> oh, sounds good. Well, I'll be sure to have it done. I want to keep my grade up. It is the beginning of the year. <laughs> uh, I want to be an A-plus student where I can be. So, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with my crew, simply talking our Black Native talk like we do. There's a whole lot more for us to discuss, though, so stay locked in. You can check out our episodes on quantumtheorypod.com and feel free to send in any topics, questions, or small business shout-outs to our socials, and you might just hear us discuss it on air. Our IG handle is at quantumtheorypod, and you can also find us on facebook.com backslash quantumtheory. So be kind to yourself out there, know that you're a boss, and drink plenty of water. Kotzki yipi See you next time. <laughs>